Good morning and happy Easter. Welcome to today's very special Easter edition of our Park at Home video worship experience. We are so glad that you have joined us. However you're watching, wherever you're watching, whenever you're watching, we are glad that you are here with us to celebrate the resurrection, the life of Jesus, the fact that Jesus is alive. If you're watching live on Facebook or YouTube right now, give us a hello, give us a thumbs up, let us know that you're out there. If you're new with us this morning, we are so glad that you have decided to tune in today and join us. We would love to be able to connect with you. There's all sorts of ways to do that in the description below, and we'll talk about it later in the service, but we wanna to get to the main point. Jesus is alive. Now we know that our circumstances right now aren't what we want them to be, right? We would rather you all be here with us right now at 31 Park on Sunday morning. But in spite of the fact that our circumstances are what they are, and in spite of the fact that the world is kind of upside down right now, and in spite of the fact that there's some ugly things happening right now, in spite of the fact that we miss you, we miss you and we miss especially you over there. In spite of all of that, we have every reason to celebrate because Jesus is alive. And so that's what we're gonna do this morning. We're gonna sing together and hear some scripture together and share stories. We're gonna hear a testimony. We're gonna hear a very timely message on the fact that Jesus walked out of that tomb 2,000 years ago. But we wanted to open this morning by asking you a question. What does it mean to you that Jesus is alive? Here's what you shared with us. Because Jesus is alive, I have hope. I have hope. I have hope. I have hope. There is hope. I have hope in a future. I have hope amid all of life's uncertainties. Because Jesus is alive, I am free. Because Jesus is alive, I am free from the panic attacks caused by guilt and anxiety that wouldn't let me drive. Jesus is alive. My chains have been broken. My eyes have been opened. I'm no longer a slave to sin. Because Jesus lives, we have been adopted as sons and daughters into God's eternal kingdom. Because Jesus is alive, my sins are forgiven. Because Jesus is alive, I can dance and sing! Because Jesus is alive, I am a child of the King of the universe. Because Jesus is alive, I am free. Because Jesus is alive, I am happy. Because Jesus is alive, I'm also happy. Because Jesus is alive, I know he's bigger than all of my fears. Because Jesus is alive, we get second chances. Fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth. Because Jesus is alive, I get to have the best job in the world. Because Jesus lives, our sins are forgiven. Because Jesus is alive, I am also alive. Because Jesus lives, our lives are full of love. Because Jesus is alive, I don't have to be perfect. Because Jesus is alive, we have the most unspeakable joy and hope for tomorrow. Not for the little tangible things that we hang our hat on, but for the big, 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 glory-filled things that Christ promises. Because Jesus is alive, I love the fact that no disappointment ever has to be permanent. Because Jesus is alive, I'm forgiven when I drive my husband insane during quarantine. 
Because Jesus is alive, I have a great reason to smile at the beginning and the end of every single day. Because Jesus is alive, I don't have to be perfect at this. Because Jesus is alive, I have better than what I deserve. Because Jesus is alive, I know I have the strength to get through this day. Because Jesus is alive, I can feel peace in this time of turmoil. Because Jesus is alive, I'm never lonely. Because Jesus is alive, I'm free to go on living. I'm free to go about my day, being fully sure that tomorrow is taken care of. Because Jesus is alive, I don't have to be afraid. It is so good to lift up that fact that Jesus is alive, to share it with you, to celebrate it with you. It's so awesome to hear what it means to you. What it means to us is everything, because everything changed when Jesus walked out of that tomb on that first Easter morning. And even though everything changed that day, it's clear that the world still isn't the way it was meant to be. And in many ways, it's broken. In many ways, we're broken, because the resurrection, the new life, in Christ hasn't yet dawned on all of creation. The next song that we're going to sing, it calls out that fact. It calls out that brokenness. It calls out that pain as it leans in to the fact that the God who freed his son from death will one day free us and you from all our sin and sorrow. Join us now, even if only in your heart, as we sing this song to the God who raises people from the dead. From depths of woe I raise to thee the voice of lamentation. Lord, turn a gracious ear to me and hear my supplication. If thou iniquities dost mark our secret sins and misdeeds dark, who shall stand before thee? Who shall stand before
water aboundeth. His helping love no limit knows our utmost need it soundeth. Our shepherd good and true is he who will at last is Israel free. One day, God will free us from all our sin and sorrow. Isn't that such a joyful thing to hear on this unique Easter morning? Now, we have the privilege to share, to hear how God has done that for one of you here at Park Church, our very own Shana Lewis. Listen to her story, enjoy it, and be encouraged by it. Good morning, my name is Shana Lewis and I'm here to share my testimony with you. Um, I was born and raised into the Catholic Church. Um, I had made all of my holy sacraments and we attended church as a family on Sundays and especially on holy days and I loved everything about that. My family has been through a heaping load of dismay and loss and grief. Um, and I never called on God through any of that. You know, I never asked him for help. Um, in fact, through that, I was angry and discouraged that God, who I learned was so loving and gave his only son to die for all of our sins, you know, would put this and do something like this to my family. I had no faith. Uh, I went into a really dark place as a teenager. I was in a toxic relationship for about five and a half years, surrounded by domestic, um, emotional, mental, and drug abuse. At 19, I found out I was expecting. Um, I had my first son, the one who sealed the deal, who saved me from the addiction and harmful relationship. And at the same time, I was still battling depression and PTSD, anger, anxiety um, on a daily basis. And he was four months old when I tried to take my life. I fought relentlessly to gain some sense of normalcy after that, going through counseling and therapy and medication. Um, but life went on, you know, um, through that. I met an amazing man, married, have a beautiful family of six in total, but life had, you know, blessed us in more ways than I could name. But I still fought a silent battle and war within myself with anguish, 
with depression and with defeat. I slowly started to spiral downward into drug use again and always thought I can see that pinhole light at the end of the tunnel, you know, um, like I could get out of this. This is my, you know, get out of jail free card because no one knew that I was using again. I lied to myself. Um, I told myself I'm better than this and so on and so forth, but I couldn't do it alone. So I was feeling complete and utter failure to so many who loved me, you know, my husband, my children, my parents, my family and friends. I was afflicted. I was broken. I was incredibly lost. And a friend of mine, Brian, reached out and asked if I wanted to check out this church he had heard about. So I nervously agreed. Uh, it was late summer of 2015 when I first went to park. And there was this feeling of something I couldn't describe then, but I know now that it was the Holy Spirit. And man, God had a powerful message for me. The sermon was titled, Gaining Spiritual Vision. And he was loud and clear, almost as if Jesus was speaking directly through the pastor that day, you know, to me, saying, I see you. Can you see me? I'm here. You are in a really bad place, um, but I love you so much. So like, come follow me. I got you. And I lost it. <clears throat> But this time it was not in a way of shame or guilt or disappointment. There were just tears and emotions of relief. Jesus had never lost me. I wandered astray and this sermon was just a reminder that I didn't have to do this alone. This feeling, I didn't have to do this alone. I kept going back to park, staying curious, reading scripture. Um, I brought my kids into an amazing ministry there. I joined a community group that has been supportive and spiritually nurturing during the good times and the bad. And I was pretty much given a new life, or a new shot at life, the right way to life. I have found so much love, mercy, hope, peace, and promise when I made the decision um, to trust in the Lord and follow Jesus. Jesus is still working with me and in me and around me to, to gain spiritual vision. And his grace carried me here. And by his grace, I will get through. We are all works of his great mercy, love. And with a life in that, we will persevere through everything. Amen. What an amazing story. It's so awesome to hear the way that God brings people from death to new life. Thank you for sharing that, Shana. Now, we're going to be led in prayer by Darlene Eason. She's going to lead us in a little bit different way than we're used to. There'll be words up on the screen that she'll read, and then there'll be brightly colored words that say, He is risen indeed. And when it comes to that part, we should repeat them. We should say them out loud. And this will happen throughout the prayer. And so we invite you now to join us in prayer. From the darkness of the grave, blood poured out a crown of thorns. Christ, the Lord, is risen today. 
He is risen indeed from the triumph that is won over the power and fear of death. Christ the Lord is risen today. He is risen indeed. Walking from the empty tomb, opening wide the gates of life, Christ the Lord is risen today. He is risen indeed. Lord of life, you defeated death to show that we can rise from all that binds us to the world. Pride, envy, anger, fear, the debt of sin that holds us here. Christ the Lord is risen today. He is risen indeed. Lord of life, you defeated death to demonstrate a love that is beyond our understanding that reaches out even to me, saving grace to all who hear. Christ the Lord is risen today. He is risen indeed. Lord of life, we pray for all who bring your word of life as a light to those in darkness, for those who bring your word of peace to those enslaved by fear for those who bring your word of love to those in need of comfort. Lord of love and Lord of peace, Lord of resurrection life, be known through our lives and through your power. Christ the Lord is risen today. He is risen indeed. Thanks be to our risen Savior. Amen. Hello and, and welcome to our Easter celebration of our Park at Home video worship experience. Wherever you're tuning in from, whenever you're tuning in, uh, I'm so glad that you're here with us. My, my name is Michael Carlson. I'm the lead pastor of Park Church, and, and I'm glad you're here. Today is Easter. All around the world today, Christians are celebrating something that happened 2,000 years ago, because of which the world is a fundamentally different place. Today we celebrate the good news that Jesus is alive, that God raised Jesus from the dead, and that therefore sin has been dealt with. Uh, death itself has been defeated. Jesus is alive and reigning as Lord and Savior of the world. This is good news. This is the good news. And this is why we are celebrating today. Now, admittedly, uh, this, is, this is a unique Easter celebration, right? I mean, uh, instead of gathering in cathedrals and chapels and repurposed warehouses. Uh, most Christians around the world, most of us, are celebrating from the, the isolated confines as individuals, couples, or families of our private homes, of our living rooms, or wherever you may be. And, and I remember a few weeks ago now when it first dawned on me that this is likely what Easter would look like for us I remember thinking, man, this is such terrible timing. However, I, I've since changed my mind. 
I, I think that this, this actually isn't bad timing. And, and the reason is this, it seems that especially now, especially in a time like now, our world is in need of good news. And Easter is the time when we together as communities of Jesus followers all around the world, remember and proclaim the good news about the risen Jesus. And so I think that the timing is quite appropriate. In, in the story that we're about to read, uh, a woman named Mary Magdalene, who was a, a very close and devoted follower of Jesus, she found herself in desperate need of good news. She found herself in a place of, of being bombarded by bad news and, and therefore longing for good news. And, and her story is found in the Gospel of John chapter 20. And, and I'm going to read briefly verses 11 through 18. So this is John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus's body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you were looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. It's very clear in this story that, that Mary is in desperate need of good news. She, she longs for good news. The story begins with this simple statement that Mary stood outside the tomb crying. You see, it was, it was just a couple days before on Friday when she witnessed her good, good friend, the, the one in whom she had placed all of her hope, die a criminal's death on a Roman cross despite the fact that he was innocent. And then, a couple days later, she found herself going to the tomb and, and found that the big stone that had blocked the entrance of the tomb had been rolled away and that the body of this person who meant so much to her was gone. So she, she quickly ran to the other disciples to tell Peter and John that presumably someone had taken Jesus' body. 
Peter and John rush to the tomb, look inside, and what they find is exactly what Mary had described, which is an empty tomb. All they see are linens there, the, the linens that had wrapped Jesus' body. And so Jesus' disciples then leave. And now we come back to Mary, who's standing outside the tomb, crying. And, and she's crying not simply because her, uh, her, her master, her Lord, her Savior, the one again in whom she had placed all her hope, had been killed unjustly. But, but on top of that, it seems now that his gravesite has been vandalized. It, it's as if salt has been poured in the wound. It's as if she had received terrible news. And then on top of that, she received more terrible news. And so she, she looked into the tomb. And, and what she saw, strangely, were two angels. Two angels seated there. And they asked her, they said, Woman, why are you crying? And she replied, They have taken my Lord away, and I don't know where they have put him. This is a woman in need of good news. She longing for good news. And isn't that the case for us today? Don't, don't we live right now in a time when we, we find ourselves longing for good news, in desperate need of good news? I, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I'd say for the past month, I've, I've consumed more news, I've consumed more media than I probably have in the 10 months prior. And, and I find myself every day as I'm looking at the headlines, looking for some semblance of good news, looking for a headline that says, that says the, the death toll has reached its peak and is now on the descent, looking for, for good news that the curve has flattened, looking for good news that, that more companies are hiring and that those have, who have been laid off are now being hired back once again, looking for good news about the economy, right? We, we are in a place of longing for good news, and yet it seems like like for the past month, we've been bombarded with bad news, bombarded with an, an ever-escalating death toll, bombarded with a very, very slow flattening of the curve, bombarded with a volatile economy, and then, and then also realizing and feeling the weight of the fact that, that there is bad news going on all around the world that doesn't get covered by the major news outlets. And so we, we find ourselves in the midst of a bad news world, a bad news global situation, longing deeply for good news. And, and it's interesting, there, uh, the actor and, and celebrity John Krasinski, some of you may know him from that, that classic sitcom, The Office. Uh, he was also more recently in a movie called A Quiet Place. Uh, he, he recently, like many celebrities and people, have turned to YouTube as a creative outlet for his gifts and talents. And he created a show, literally on YouTube, called Some Good News. And, and the basic premise of this show is that we basically need right now some good news. We, we have been bombarded 
for quite a while with bad news and, and are therefore in need of some good news. And so the whole show is literally him in a way that only he can do, sharing good news. And, and there have been a lot of celebrities doing things kind of like this, making viral videos or turning to YouTube. Uh, but this show, Some Good News, the first episode has been viewed over 14 million times. And I don't think it's just because John Krasinski is a, a popular or a well-liked actor or celebrity. That's obviously part of it. But I think he's tapping into something that we all feel and long for, this desire for, for good news in the midst of a bad news world. We all long for good news. And what we find in this story is that Mary discovers in a very, very personal way the good news that she so desperately needs, that she so desperately longs for. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. She receives this news in the most personal of ways and it changes everything for her. And the reality is that the there is much good news we are longing to hear these days. We, we need to hear that the curve has flattened. We need to hear that the death toll has reached its peak and is therefore on the descent. We need to hear that people are once again finding jobs and employment, that, that those communities in this world who are being hit the hardest uh, and have the least amount of resources um, that they are being helped and served. We need to hear that, that our medical workers on the front lines who have reached the brink, that they are given the resources that they need in order to do their jobs and to save lives. We need to hear all sorts of good news right now. And yet, the good news, in the midst of all of this, the good news that we need to hear and be reminded of the most, more than anything else, is that Jesus is alive that he is risen. Now, that might sound like an odd assertion. Uh, and the question should be asked, let's, let's grant for a minute, let's, let's play the skeptic for a moment and grant that it's possible, we live in a world in which it's possible for someone to be raised from the dead, which, which again is the event that is at the center of the Christian worldview. The question still should be asked, in what way is the fact that God raised a Middle Eastern man from the dead 2,000 years ago good news for us today? Why is the resurrection of Jesus good news? It's a good question, and, and in this story, I simply want to mention three things three answers to this question. And it's, it's basically this, that the resurrection of Jesus, the, the announcement that he is alive is good news for the world. It's good news for you. And it's good news through you. Let me say that again. The risen Jesus, the, the announcement that Jesus is alive is good news for the world, for you, and through you. So first, the, the risen Jesus is good news for the world. 
It's interesting, the, the way that, that John tells this story gives us the clear impression that, that when Jesus was raised from the dead, that in some way was a sign that God's new creation has come. Not completely, not in full, but that God's, God's power to, to, to heal and to rescue and renew the creation, his beautiful and beloved creation, has been unleashed into this world through Jesus. And, and there are clues in this story that tell us this. That, for example, when, when Jesus encounters Mary, Mary turns and she sees Jesus. And, and it's, such a, it's such a personal encounter. Uh, he asks her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you were looking for? And we're told, thinking he was the gardener, she said, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Mary confuses Jesus with the gardener. She's looking at him, but she doesn't recognize him. And she thinks he's a gardener. Now, why would John include this detail in this story? Perhaps John wants our minds to wander to another part of the biblical story that involves a gardener, creation. At the very beginning of the story, we find Adam and Eve, the very first gardeners, right? They were put in this garden and told to cultivate it, right? And, and in fact, the whole way this story is told kind of in some ways retells the creation story. And so, for example, Jesus dies on the cross on day six, on a Friday. And some of his last words are, it is finished. He finishes the work of redemption on the sixth day. And then he is laid to rest. And on the seventh day, he rests in the tomb. Think back to the creation story, which is told in terms of seven days. God creates the world in seven days. And what happens on the sixth day? God finishes his work. And then what does he do on the seventh day? He rests. So, so as we read the story of Jesus, there's a sense in which we're told to walk through with Jesus the story of the old creation, broken and hurt and wounded by sin and by death. And we watch Jesus take upon himself the full weight of sin, death, and evil in the world and complete the work and then lay down to rest in his tomb. And then something happens on the first day of the week. And John, in both verse 1 and verse 19 of chapter 20, reminds us that the resurrection happened on the first day of the week. On the first day of the new week, Jesus is raised from the dead. New life. New creation. And there's a sense in which what, what John wants us to understand is that by raising Jesus from the dead, what God is doing and saying is he's promising that one day, one day, just I will do for the entire creation what I did for my son Jesus. I've raised him from the dead. There will come a day when there will be no more mourning or crying or pain, no disease, no virus, no pandemic. There will come a day when everything will be made new. Everything will be the way that it should be. What I have done through Jesus, says God, 
It's what I promised to one day do for the whole world. And it's begun in Jesus. New creation has come in Jesus. This is good news. And this is good news for the entire creation, for the whole world. And, and yet, the fact that the risen Jesus is good news for the whole world does not mean that it's not specifically and personally good news for you as well. See, because God raised Jesus from the dead and he is now seated at the right hand of God the Father in glory in heaven as Lord and Savior of the world, calling all people to himself, what this means is that he is inviting everyone to come to him, everyone to turn and to find their life in him, to, to look at him and to receive God's grace, to surrender their life to him, to participate in this story of hope and healing and redemption that God is writing in this world that he, that he in many ways have started in the resurrection of Jesus and will one day finish at the new creation. And it's an invitation for you. And so the, the good news that Jesus is alive is good news for the world, but it's also good news for you. One of the things I love most about this story of Jesus and Mary is how personal the encounter is. You know, I heard a pastor ask the other day, if Jesus had been raised from the dead today, how would he spread the news? Right? Would, would he jump on social media, post pictures of himself, hashtag I ain't finished, right? What, what would he do to spread the news? What sort of public announcement would he make? However he might do it, if he was raised from the dead today, what's very clear in the story of, of the Bible is that when it comes to sharing the news that he's alive, Jesus isn't very interested in public announcements. What he is interested in is personal encounters. Again, Jesus is less interested in making public announcements. He's more interested in personal encounters. And this is precisely what we find with his encounter with Mary. Again, Mary, assuming that Jesus is the gardener, says, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. She's looking at him, the very source of the good news, and yet she does not recognize him. See, the good news that Jesus has for her is so much better than, than the good news that she thinks she needs. All she wants to know is where Jesus' body is so she can go and, and give him a proper burial. But Jesus has such better news in mind for her. And we're told that he said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. See, it's interesting that Mary saw Jesus and yet didn't recognize him. It wasn't until she heard Jesus speak her name that she recognized who he was. There was something about hearing him say her name, probably something she's heard many, many times before, that enabled her to recognize who he was. It's a, it's a powerful thing, isn't it, when, 
when someone who knows us very, very well calls us by name. There, there was a, a young single mom several years ago who recently started attending a church. She, she began to meet with the, the pastor of the church every week in a local Chick-fil-A, reading through the Gospel of John. And, and this is a woman who, uh, who had some very deep and serious questions about faith. She had questions about God, Jesus, the Bible. And, and so she, every week, would meet with this pastor and they'd open to the Gospel of John and just slowly read through and discuss what they read. And there was one day in particular, they were near the end of chapter one, and she was reading and came to this word, Bethsaida, and didn't know how to pronounce it, which isn't uncommon. There are a lot of odd names and place names in the Bible that are, that are odd and difficult to pronounce for, for us. And so she was struggling to pronounce it, and then, and then the pastor pronounced it for her. The minute the, that word left the pastor's mouth, the woman froze. And, and she, she had the look of a deer in headlights. Her eyes were big and she became silent. The, the pastor sitting on the other end of the table didn't quite know what to make of what was happening. Um, this seemed like an insignificant word. Bethsaida is the town where some of Jesus' disciples were from. Uh, and, then, and then the young woman became emotional and started crying. And once, once she calmed down, uh, she, she then explained to the pastor what had just happened. And she, she said, you see, uh, my middle name is Bethsaida. And no one has ever told me where it came from. I've always wondered where this name had come from. And, and not only that, but she, especially as of late, had been struggling with God and wrestling in prayer with God, wondering things like, God, are you real? God, do you even, do you even care about me? Do you even notice me that I'm here? And she said, when, when you said that name, when you said my name, she said, what I heard was the very voice of God answering my prayers. What I heard was very clearly the voice of God telling me personally, I see you. I know you. And that's what she needed. Friends, the fact that Jesus is alive, the fact that God has raised him from the dead is such good news for you because he's alive today. Because today, as Lord and Savior and as the source of all hope, he knows you. He knows your name, and he's calling your name, even today. And he's inviting you to come. He knows your story. He knows your entire history better than you do. He knows your hurts and your pains. And he's inviting you by name. And he's saying, come to me. Follow me. Surrender your life to 
me. Jesus is alive. He's very much alive today, and that's good news. It's good news for the world. It's, it's good news for you, personally. But this is, this is the final observation. It's also good news through you. And here's what I mean by this. The, the risen Jesus is good news for the world. It's good news for you. But his desire is that it might also be good news through you. It's interesting in the story that as soon as Mary recognizes Jesus, she wants to embrace him. She wants to give him a hug because she thought he was dead, but now he's alive. But listen to Jesus' response. He says, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Now, it's interesting, isn't it, that, that when Mary Magdalene seemingly wants to embrace Jesus, Jesus says, well, hold up. Actually, let's, let's not do that right now. And, and we're not told all the details as to why, although it is something most of us can probably relate to right now, not, not being able to embrace or hug or be within six feet of one another. And yet we're not told all of the details as, as to why, but it seems to have something to do with the task that Jesus had for Mary. There's, there's a sense in which Jesus was almost saying, Mary, listen, I know, I know it would be nice to just embrace right now, to, to talk and to enjoy the fact that I am alive. And there will be time for that, but right now I have a job for you to do. You see, Jesus' intention is that Mary, and therefore all of us, would not simply be recipients of good news, but would be vehicles of good news. That we would not simply receive the good news that Jesus is alive, but that, that we would be carriers, that we would take that good news that Jesus is Lord, that he has risen, that through him God has acted to rescue and renew the entire creation from the clutches of sin, death, and evil, and that we would embody this message with our words and with our very lives. We are called, as Jesus' followers, disciples of the risen Lord, we are called to be a good news people. That is our vocation. That's what it means to be followers of Jesus. This is good news. The risen Jesus is good news, not just for us, but intended to be good news through us for the sake of a world that so desperately needs good news. And so, one of the things that I've been so excited about these past few weeks is hearing stories from within Park Church of how we as a church are being a good news people. For example, uh, just this last week, I received uh, a note from, from a woman in our church who, who felt compelled one day to pick up the phone and call a local nursing home. 
and she left a message for the director and basically said, hey, I don't know if you would be interested, but my kids just painted a bunch of pictures and that these pictures were so fun and colorful and they had words like hope and joy and love on them. And she said, I don't know if putting these up in your nursing home would bring any sense of encouragement to, to your residents, but if so, give me a call. And the director of the nursing home shortly thereafter called this woman and they had a fabulous conversation and she very much wanted those paintings to lift the spirits of the residents in, in the nursing home. And the reality is, is there are stories like this going on all around our church family. And, and so here's, here's my invitation and even my challenge for us as Park Church and even if Park Church is not your home. For anyone and everyone who hears this, I want to begin collecting stories about how we are being a good news people. And so I want to encourage you, if, whether it's something as mundane as washing the dishes for your spouse or, or something, something, a bit, something a bit bigger or more bold, whatever it might be, if, if you find yourself doing something that in some way captures the essence of being a good news people. Take a picture and send it to me. Or, or tell me the story. Or post it to your own social media platform, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it might be. Uh, I, would, I would love to begin curating and collecting stories that I know are happening all around about how we are called to be a good news people. Jesus is risen. He is alive. And, and this is good news for the world. This is good news for you. And the invitation is that this might be good news through you as well. He is risen. curse to set me free. Sing, oh sing, of my Redeemer. With His blood He purchased me. On the cross He sealed my
about how Christ has given us the victory over sin and death and hell. And this is because he is alive, because he is risen. Uh, I, I want to thank you so much for, for joining us, for, for tuning in to this special Easter episode of, of our Park at Home video worship experience. Uh, and before benediction uh, during this time, I, I want to just give a, a few brief announcements. Um, first, if, if you're new, if, if you haven't tuned in before, there are several ways that we, we invite you to get connected here at Park Church, especially during this time of isolation. Uh, we have prayer gatherings on Sunday mornings and throughout the week. We also have community groups that meet all via Zoom. If you want information on those, feel free to look below. There are links uh, and, and information that, that will help you uh, get connected in these ways. Uh, another thing uh, that we'd like you to be aware of is if, if you call Park Church home, uh, we, we do want to continue to invite you and ask that you help fund the mission of Park Church. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's going on right now, but even amidst all of this, uh, there, there are still expenses <laughs> that we have as a church, like rent, for example. Um, and so, so if you call Park Church home, uh, we invite you to help continue to fund the mission. There's information on the screen right now for one of the easiest ways to do that. And, and let me just say, if, if you don't call Park Church home, and, and yet you'd like to in some way support Park Church, there's a very, very easy way to do this. We, we know that during this time, uh, many of us are doing much more of our shopping online than before. Um, and, and let me just say, if you're doing any of your shopping on Amazon, uh, Amazon has a phenomenal program called Amazon Smile. And Park Church is one of the beneficiaries of this program. And basically how it works is if, if you purchase anything through the Amazon Smile account, we, Park Church, get a very small percentage of of your purchase. Uh, and so we're going to be sending out some basic information this coming week for how to do that. Um, but it's a really easy way for anyone and everyone 
to help support the mission here at Park Church. Uh, again, thank you so much for tuning in and for joining us. I'd like to send us out this morning with a benediction from Hebrews chapter 13. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. He is risen.